Hi there. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source of original and unique jewelry with stories of the designers who create it. My name is Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a degree in geology. I've worked in the retail sector for over 15 years. After completing my graduate gemology diploma and working in the industry for a little while, I took an intermittent career break and worked for a major airline. That's why I combine the theme of aviation and the concept of navigating shoppers to choices of unique jewelry, as well as understanding gem selection and jewelry construction, as well as metal choices. I do a coordinating blog post for every podcast showing photos of the jewelry that we're talking about, as well as links to the jewelers and more information about them. So I hope you enjoy the episodes and feel free to subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport, a way to stay up to date with the current episodes and upcoming features. Thanks so much for joining us and enjoy the episode. And he presented me with all these drawings of jewelry. He said, Kate, you have to make them. This my, You have to make these pieces. And they were all medieval torture pieces, you know, like a bear claw and a guillotine and a pit and a pendulum. And I'm like, I'm not making that. I can't. Like, I'm not. Thank you very much. I appreciate that you were thinking of me. But I don't think I'm going to make torture jewelry. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. That was Kate Hubley of Kate Jewelry. And that's K, the, the number eight, jewelry. She's my guest today, my guest jewelry designer on Jewelry Navigator. She may not have realized the path she was creating, but Kate Hubley began her jewelry career long before it started. Transitioning from a career in advertising, Kate prepared herself with tools, knowledge, and skills with a strategy of continuing her education over a 20-year span, allowing herself to enjoy being a parent and growing into the jewelry career she's created for herself. Her jewelry caught my attention at the JA show last summer in New York, and her collections are comprised of colorful gems and treated metals for whimsical and meaningful pieces. And you know how I love color. I definitely was attracted to her collections. They're just stunning. Before I go on, I want to thank everyone who has subscribed and to the listeners who've left ratings and reviews for Jewelry Navigator podcast. I am especially grateful. I'm so flattered and thankful. I just wanted to share some of the reviews with you. This is a five-star rating from listener Yogi Gina. And she said, Brenna has such great experience in the industry and it really shows. I loved the recent episode on appraisals and learned so much. Thanks so much, Miss Yogi Gina. I really appreciate it. And listener G-A-D-G. 3TT3, she said, for all jewelry lovers and admirers, Brenna is kind, funny, and well-versed in all things jewelry. Her informative podcast will have you anxiously awaiting the next episode. If you're a jewelry lover of any tier, you will love this podcast. It is well-produced and educational. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate it if you left a review and a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. It's really a joy for me to bring information to 
those of you looking for jewelry or wanting to understand more about it. If you know someone who would enjoy learning and listening to these stories, tell them about the podcast and how simple it is to subscribe. And now that I'm back on a recording schedule, I have a few fun and interactive ideas in the works to share with you. But one is to find out what you need to know to have a better understanding to go in and shop for jewelry or even understand what you already have. But as a thank you for listening and for subscribing to the podcast, and if you subscribe to my newsletter, The Jewelry Navigator Passport, you'll get a free jewelry shopping cheat sheet that will be available in the coming weeks. I'm really excited about this and I think it'll be really helpful for those of you who are starting out on looking for maybe an engagement ring or want to expand your jewelry wardrobe. Thanks so much for listening. Now fasten your seatbelts, sit back and enjoy the episode. So the last time I saw you, really the only time I saw you was at the JA show this past summer in mm-hmm. the new designer area. How did you, how, how do you feel like that went for you? I actually had a really good show. I, I was not actually one of the new designers. I was down that lane, that aisle oh, opposite nice. the new designers, but I'm in, I'm in, I was technically in the de- design district, but not in the um, more seasoned designers that had, that was my third to second JA. So I'm, I'm a newcomer. Uh huh. So yeah. Okay. And then I think I remember you telling me you almost didn't go across the border <laughs> because you're in Canada. Yeah. Right? Well, that's why I hesitated in the number of times I've been because one time I was out and out turned out at the border and I almost didn't get across the border again this time because of some, like a small paper, a, a piece of paperwork that wasn't complete that I thought was complete and they're very 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 rigorous especially with jewelry. Uh-huh. Um, because it's a, it's, there's such a dollar value associated with it, and they need to be sure that you're not going over and selling, that there's not any kind of money laundering or any kind of fraudulent activity. Mm-hmm. So they're very rigorous when it comes to jewelry. Okay. Very well, much I guess, so. Yeah. I guess that's a good thing. It is, but for an independent designer, it's an awful lot of hassle and paperwork, but you go, through, you get used to it, that now I know what I have to do, and... I have um, I have a, an, an approach to it. I have my checklist, and I, you know, you, with some experience, you can streamline. <laughs> right, <laughs> you can right. Streamline it a little bit. In the in the beginning, it's like, what? I have to do this. I have to do that. There's so much to do. What else do I need? And so, um, I actually worked with a broker to to figure it out. So it's much easier and faster for me now, and more okay. reliable. I don't get there and like. What do you need? I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> like, and you're crying. You just spent six months Aww. building your collection. You have everything set up, and they're like, "No, oh, you can't go." What? <laughs> oh, that yeah. but would it, be but, awful. Yeah, yeah, but it, it's like you just have to know what you're doing. It's that simple, <laughs> right? So now, getting it across the border physically. Mm-hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. challenging, but when you're shipping to customers in the states, is there you know really stringent policies for that as well? That yes, but it's super easy. I make everything here. There's uh-huh. perhaps a chain, and usually it's made in the USA. I usually use one of the American brands, if not an Italian brand. But mm-hmm. because everything is made here, 
I just have to give a certificate of origin, and because NAFTA is still um, in effect, mm-hmm. it's NAFTA certificate. So my jewelry does not get, it's not taxed, there's no duties, it goes over the border, provided, again, I have all the necessary paperwork. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, so good. it's almost like, yeah, because it's NAFTA. And, and it has to be made here. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it has to be, all components have to be made here. And if, if I do have a chain, I have to declare the chain. Say the chain is a, an 18 carat, 20 inch, and I have to say that that value is $200. If it's not made in the U.S., then they'll, ta- they'll, they'll put customs or duties, whatever, on that item alone. Uh-huh. But the rest is all made here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, I see, think... you just have to know the ins and outs, and then you're good. <laughs> you just have to have your stuff held up at the border at a crucial time once or twice, and then you're like, oh, I just have to fill with this paper. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to be a jewelry designer. I have been doing this my whole adult life, but it's not been my first um, my first career. I'm actually an ad girl. I have my master's in translation. I've been working in the advertising industry here in Montreal since I was in my early 20s. But when I, I grew up in Halifax, and I took a jewelry course while I was studying computer science and accounting at Dalhousie for a very short year. And I went to, there's a NASCAD, the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design, and I took a night class. And my first uh, teacher, this is kind of fun, was Charles Luton Brain. I don't know if you know him, but he's pretty uh, well known in the art jewelry community. Um, one of the founders of the Ganaskin website, and he's um, f- a full forming expert. Anyhow, um, I took a class there. Um, while I was taking computer science and accounting, and I, I, um, I, the next year I moved to Montreal to study translation, and I just I started I I saw in a in a school paper, the university paper, oh um, someone's looking for an apprentice, so I did an apprenticeship, and this has sort of been the story my whole life. I have always been a professional in advertising, but I've always taken classes. So even I go to my, um, you know, my corporate job, my corporate ad job with my toolbox and then off to jewelry school I go. So I've been mm-hmm. doing this. I did this for years, 20 years. And then when, um, after maternity leave, here we get a year, um, when I went back to work, I was like, Ugh, I hate this. Mm-hmm. I'm going freelance. <laughs> <laughs> and that opened up a whole new um, schedule for me where I was able to really start working on jewelry and a few years ago I said I actually in a very advertising way wrote a, a Dear Jerome letter to advertising um, telling that this was a you know we it was fun while it lasted but it's not you it's me I have to go off and pursue uh, another passion I'm in love with something else and it's jewelry design so I left advertising and just focus now on that that's what I do full-time and that's how I started. <laughs> that's great. First of all, yeah. how smart it is to keep your, you know, to keep the doors open for other opportunities while you're you're pursuing your professional career in advertising. You were constantly taking more courses just to kind of expand your horizons. That's so smart. 
Well, I don't even know if it was an intention. I just couldn't help myself. It's like, oh, they have a class. I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's this. I have to do it. Oh, I'm going to do the foundation program. Ah, I have to do it. Oh, look. And, that, and I, I, it's the same with my gemology degree, which I finished, I guess, four years ago, just around the same time that I decided to take the final plunge. It's like, oh, gemology. I have to do that. It just, it's it's. It's, it's, it's beyond my control. I can't help it. I needed to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was no calculation involved. I just did it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So you, you took the gemology course that's in um, the European one, the Canadian one? The FGA. FGA, yeah. It's uh, the one from Great Britain. The fellowship, yes. Okay. The fellowship, yeah. Mm-hmm. How... I've heard that that's fairly rigorous. And it the, is. It's super mm-hmm. sciencey. It's very okay. sciencey. Like you learn, you don't just learn gem identification. You have to learn everything there is to know about light mm. and its interaction with um, with materials. So yeah, it's very sciencey. That's don't don't really quit me now because I forget already. <laughs> I'd have to go cram. <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, it is. Like, we, you know, you learn about refraction and you learn why the spectrum does what it does. You learn about the, um, all the different, the, the optic uh, phenomena that are displayed in, in gemstones and the why. What is mm-hmm. happening with the light? What is going on? Why is this happening? So, yeah. That seems it is rigorous. Really, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, but it, at the same time, it seems really useful for a jewelry professional because if you want a gemstone to look, look a certain way or if you are designing something and you want a particular gemstone, that, that resource for you to tap into, I can only imagine it's really useful. Oh, it's so useful to have a gem, gemology background because you can also make a decision on the stone. For example, are you going to be wearing, are you making a ring? Well, maybe moonstone is not the right thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that should save that for a pendant. It could be nice, but, or maybe it's a cocktail ring. Let's say, like, don't use it for your, you know, if you're going to be doing gardening or if you, you know, you work with your hands, maybe a moonstone or something soft is not the right one. So to have the background to be able to advise clients or make decisions on your collection for the durability of your pieces, it's like very, very important. Yes, yeah, it not really to is. mention what happens in your studio, like things that you put in the ultrasonic mm-hmm. or not, you know, exactly <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and with the the popularity now of other alternative gemstones for engagement mm-hmm. rings, it's really important for everyone, not only, you know, in the stores, but the salespeople and customers to understand that not every gemstone is going to be ideal for an engagement ring. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. so true. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, being able to advise and guide and identify as well, being able to say, you know what, I'm not sure that's a sapphire. That looks a little bit, or a ruby, that looks like it has a lot of, it's been filled a lot. It's, you know, just being able to advise them on the quality of the stone as well. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. So let's go through, <clears throat> excuse me, let's go through your mm-hmm. collections because they're, okay really unique and really diversified as far as the design aspects go. Right. Um, I've got your website opened up. So okay. the, the Vive, Vive 
Yes. Collection. The Venus is a bridal collection, and it's colored gemstones. Oh, nice. And I would... Yeah, that's what it is. So, yes, the first designs that I did are rather traditional, but they're all designed for colored gemstones. So the colored gemstone, different sizes and cuts. So there's, you know, I don't have to retrofit. I already have the models. And those are classic with the halo, and they're raised a little bit. There's, you know, on, they look a little bit different than some, but they're still very traditional. Then I have my other ones, which are more fairy tale. I think on the on the the third, fourth, and fifth rows um, on that page, on the bridal page, you'll see that that's way more, it has more, those designs have more flourishes on them. They're more, um, I call them my fairy tale. They're like little forest fairies. (laughs) Um, You know, they have a sort of um, Midsummer Night's Dream aspect to them. Yes. And that's a bridal collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're beautiful. I'm looking at them right now. They're they're so unique. You and you use such beautiful stones like the morganite, um, combined with the sapphires. Oh, that tanzanite's really I, that, pretty. Yeah, and there again now tanzanite I would use for a woman who does not is not hard on her hands. I know lots of people say, oh, tanzanite is not good for a ring, but it's this ring in particular. The tanzanite is well protected, and mm-hmm. if you're someone who perhaps doesn't work too much with her hands or would take off her rings, tantanite is fine. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. So then what are some of your favorite collections? Uh, my favorite pieces, the ones that I wear, and uh, actually I, I have people in the industry who, you know, oh, my, the one that I wear all the time is my, I'm not sure it's up on my site yet, we're doing so much updating, is the large Lumina pendant that uh-huh. I wear mine in rose gold, and on one side it's diamonds, and on the other side it's uh, black diamonds. I don't think oh. it's on the site actually. I'm just being. Uh, I'm, re- I'm there's there's. I have about 20 products that I'm we're currently p- posting, and the other thing is my double rings. Uh huh. That I love my double rings. Those are my outdoor out going out to a party ring. Uh huh. Rings, and then the ones that I wear all the time are my Mind on Your Money ring in 18 karat with diamonds mm-hmm. and the Live to Love ring and the Dare ring in gold. That's what I wear. Those are <laughs> so fun. Because they have eternal mantras on them. I call them eternal mantras because, you, well, you read this, this story about um, where I got the idea for the Mind on Your Money. <laughs> so it's on, from one side, it's Mind on Your Money and then Money on Your Mind and then Mind on Your Money. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little reminder, girls, that, uh, you know, take care of your business. <laughs> and right. the other one is live to love, or is it love to live? Live to love to live to love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the other one is dare. So those are my mantras. So I my eternal mantras, and that's my stack. That's why I call it stackology, because it's a kind of a philosophical stack. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and it's such fun colors, too. Do you yes. do all of the enamel work yourself, too? It is not enamel, and I do oh. do it all myself. It's uh, an it? electroplating. It's an electroplating. It's oh. an Italian product. It's a ceramic resin plating. It's not, it's not, um, it, it, it's fussy. It's not an easy process, but it's, 
it's I can do it now quite easily because I've been doing it for years. But yeah, and it just generates that beautiful, beautiful color. It's, it's really beautiful. good. Does it hold up better than enamel? Yeah. Um, well, it's sunk in, right? If you see the lettering, it's raised, yes. just like the lips and the cherries. Those are raised, right? So the color right. is deep. So it doesn't get scratched off. That's really nice. So whereas resin, it fills in. Uh-huh. Okay. Normally, I think it fills in. It fills mm-hmm. in. I, you know, the resin, that I, the enamel that I've seen. So it's different. The right. This is different, and the effect is a little bit different. And because I, I sandblast the background, mm-hmm. it adds a little sparkly texture to it, too. So it's even the, the, the color is as well a little bit um, lively in the sense that it, it reflects light. Okay. Like sparkles. It's like little, yeah, shimmers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, I see that. I, I like how that texture adds adds that special sparkle to the yeah to the finish it's really pretty Mm -hmm. yeah so now do you have a shop yourself or are you um in other shops and boutiques as as they are your stockists i am i am i okay so no i i used to have a storefront but i closed it it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was it's just too much for me to manage to create and do everything else that i'm doing Mm -hmm. i have a private studio by appointment um, in the jewelry district downtown. Okay. Downtown Montreal, yeah. So then you do you create there and take private appointments, or do you just create? I create um, more at my bench here at home, uh-huh. and then we do production. I have um, a, um, someone I work with in my studio who manages my production and who I work with to produce the pieces. I like doing the prototypes myself. I can't do the production myself. Mm-hmm. So not all of it. It's just too much. I have too much to, to take care of. So she helps me with that. And she's actually um, she's uh, from Paris. Her name is Laurence, and she uh, worked her whole life at Cartier and was responsible for the Panthers, the Cartier wow. Panthers in Paris. Yeah, so she's my, she's my, uh, my friend and production and, and uh, shopmate and production manager. So I'm kind wow. of Wow, <laughs> you've know. got a treasure there. <laughs> I do, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, just the, the, the rigor that you you know sometimes it's hard to find that kind of rigor and someone who's going to working with people who respect your vision and your standards so i'm really blessed to have someone that i am that i can trust not just as a friend and someone who i truly truly care about but also um who i can who i can trust with my work Mm -hmm. and i know that she'll, she'll take it to heart and is professional so that's a huge 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 um shift change that that has happened over the last uh, few months actually oh that's fantastic yeah good yeah. for you mm-hmm. that's wonderful now did I see somewhere that you have won some awards for your design I have I yeah. have I've I've won a Saul Bell in 2015 uh-huh. I was a finalist in the Saul Bell last year 2018 and I was uh, the judge's choice for the Quebec um, Design Award. Wow. In 2018, yeah. 
That's wonderful. Yeah. What did you okay. what what <laughs> what design did you win earn the um, Saul Bell Award for? This was for a commission piece, so I don't have it anymore. Um, uh-huh. It was actually what's sort of fun about this is that it was inspired by the um, Man in His World installation at Expo sixty seven. It's the, the the American Pavilion, which is a series of geoma- uh, it's a sphere. Mm-hmm. made up of triangles. So I had built this piece that folded and unfolded so you could wear it uh, several different ways inspired by that. Wow. But I but it was a commission piece so I don't have it anymore. I should I should probably put it up because I know that on my website I have a picture of the trophy but I should put the picture of the the winning piece too. Would make I'd sense. Love, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Um, whenever I do a podcast, I do a coordinating blog post so people can go okay. back in and see mm-hmm. what we were talking about. So yeah, okay. definitely um, tag me or or I'll give you my email address after we're after we're finished. So you I think can I have it. I think. Me. Did you not? Did you not just sign up for my newsletter? Yes, I did. <laughs> so I have your email. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. I saw it. It's like a jewelry, a jewelry navigator. I was like, I know her. <laughs> oh, good. Yay. <laughs> well, I think the pieces that, I mean, all your pieces are, are wonderful, and I love that mm-hmm. you've got such versatility in in all of them. Each one looks different. But the ones that caught my eye were your time mm-hmm. pieces. The precious time. Yeah, precious that's, time. I was a, I was a, um, a finalist in the Saul Bell with that collection. That's and that's the, the earrings are the ones that won me the Quebec Award. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, for all of you listening, you've got to go to Kate's no. website. It's Kate, K, and then the number 8, and jewelry.com. And look under all of our collections, but what we're talking about is the precious time collection. And it's a very unique signature shape it almost looks like a pendulum right it is a pendulum yeah there you go it and, is yeah mm-hmm. and then the um the flat color that you have filled on the pendulum pieces is that the same technique that you do the stackable rings with exactly okay exactly okay yeah. they're just beautiful like, thank you do you want me to tell you the story about those? Yes, yes, yes. Do you want to know the full story, the crazy story? Yeah, I want to hear <laughs> or the crazy do you want story. To know yeah. the, or do you want to hear just the regular nice marketing pitch? No, it's funny because um, uh, a few years ago, I have a friend who's a bit of a wild child and who was um, went to Cannes because he was um, in, in a film, in a short film uh-huh. that actually did very well called Ceramic Tango. And on his way back... From Cannes, from the festival, he started sketching. And he presented me with all these drawings of jewelry. He said, Kate, you have to make them. This my, You have to make these pieces. And they were all medieval torture pieces, you know, like a bear claw and a guillotine and the pit and a pendulum. And I'm like, I'm not making that. I can't. Like, I'm not. Thank you very much. I appreciate that you were thinking of me. But I don't think I'm going to make torture jewelry. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. And then shortly thereafter, I, um, my child's uh, father and I split up, and it was messy. And, you know, I was, like, thinking in my brain, 
to myself, you know, the pendulum swings both ways and it's going to come back. And then all of a sudden I was making this connection. Okay, crazy medieval torture and the pendulum swinging both ways. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was the notion, my friend's idea and what I was experiencing suddenly came to life. In, in this collection. And really what it represents to me is that life, it, it, it does swing. The pendulum swings up and it swings down. It delivers highs and it delivers lows. But there is that moment. I don't know if you know the phenomenon of the figure of the pendulum, but a pendulum does, when it's getting closer to a standstill, it creates a figure eight. And then it comes to a stop in the middle. And that's where your calm is. So that's what that was and it's interesting as I developed that collection I became very very more calm a lot more at peace and uh, just yeah t- began living again not necessarily because of this collection but it was evolving along with me so there you go that's my story <laughs> that's fantastic I love that story <laughs> I love when there's meaning and there's really special meaning behind it but I think a lot of people can really relate to the whole theme and concept of a pendulum and how it, you know, imitates life. Yes, and, and time is something. Time is precious. And time does, time is such a, a, lo, a powerful concept in many ways, whether you believe it exists or not, whether you believe it's, you know, there's another dimension. It's just really such a, an interesting thing when you sit and think about it. Yes, it really mm-hmm. is. Well, thank you so much for taking time with me tonight. I really enjoyed listening oh, to your stories, and I'm really excited to share your story and your jewelry on. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Yes. All well, right. You have a wonderful evening. It was great speaking with you. Thank you. Likewise. All right. All Take right. care. Bye bye. Bye. I just loved hearing Kate's story. Didn't you? And be sure to take a look at her jewelry. And of course, I will have a coordinating blog post up in a few days with some of the featured jewelry from her website and her beautiful double ring that she was talking about and then the mantra rings and of course the pendulum collection. But I really appreciate how Kate kept persevering and she knew she had that love of design and jewelry art and she just kept on taking classes one after another until she built up of a whole itinerary of tools that she could use and now that have become part of her career. You can find Kate Jewelry on her website and that's the letter K, the number 8, jewelry.com as well as on Instagram under the same handle, the letter K, the number 8, jewelry. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening to the stories and keep listening because I have some really exciting episodes to share with you, kind of along the same lines as sharing Kate's story with International Women's Day coming up soon, March 8th, I think it is. I'll be sharing more stories of women designers and then some of my other friends who are in the industry. You can find me at Jewelry Navigator on Instagram. That's probably where I spend most of my social media time, as well as on Facebook, which kind of kicks over to um, from Instagram to Facebook, some on Twitter, and you can also email me at Brenna at JewelryNavigator.com. Thanks so much for joining me, and until next time. 
Make sure those safety clasps are nice and tight. Those earring backs are secure. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.